Three, two, one. Hey, that's pretty good. Really? That's terrible at my end. <laughs> Let's try it again. I think I'm awake enough. Yeah. You got coffee? I've got coffee. Yeah, that's the non-negotiable as I enter the building. I don't understand how people don't drink coffee in the morning like that. I just, <laughs> I don't get enough sleep, I think, for that. How much sleep do you get? Oh, boy. Historically, pretty terribly, like six, six and a half hours. Yeah. I've got Our two tech- small children. That sounds all right. <laughs> Architecture school kind of ruined me uh, for oh, a wow. long time. Yeah. And then it was like just part of the culture, unfortunately. And I don't know, I've always had bad time. So I'm thinking a little better. My older age, over 30, <laughs> started to sleep a little more. Nice. Yeah. The children thing's got to be tough, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's so normal now. The the lack of sleep is just the norm, but it's not too bad, you know. I typically get <clears throat> six six or seven hours if I'm lucky. It's just very broken, which which brings me to my first point of being late this morning due to an alarm <laughs> fail. So I'm with at six a.m. my time when we're supposed to be recording this, but I had a failure of my alarm settings, and I really dislike being late. I don't know how you feel about being late personally, but it's one of the few things that really rubs me up the wrong way personally when I'm the one. Yeah. And so I sort of rushed in this morning and like bumped the coffee pot and coffee grounds went everywhere and, you know, there's a mess out there in the stuff kitchen. And it made me think about that short film, Do Easy. Have you seen that? No. No. It's actually, it's one of the... There's two videos on like our staff training induction package. One of them's do easy. <laughs> no, I've got to watch that. And the other one's 10 bullets by Tom Sachs. Ah, get some, baby! Yeah, do easy. You, you, we'll put it in the show notes. It's really good. When you put down a cup, separate your fingers cleanly in the cup. I'll have to watch that. I haven't heard it. No, I love the 10 bullets. Is that That's the one where he like goes through like kind of all the rules for a studio or lids of making in a certain sense. Yeah. 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 yeah I love that the, movie. The story goes that he got sick of training staff over and over again. So he made these sweet little films. There's one about plywood, which is really good as well. Did you share that recently? With you. Just somewhere, maybe on Instagram. In, on the internet. Don't think so. Oh, okay. I thought it was you. Not that I recall. <clears throat> That's pretty good. Like an ode to plywood or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, I'm late. Oh, no worries. I, I was saying on Slack before we started that if I was in your position, I would probably be late every time. It would be terrible, and I would also feel bad. You're really a better morning person than I, so no problem. <laughs> What's happening at your end today? Well, today, notably, I suppose we finally got plywood this morning that, that I was <laughs> kind of discussing last time. The replacement for baltic birch in a certain sense it's like this poplar ply it's got two left ply no it's just called garnica actually out of spain and it kind of came up a couple different ways from a friend and then one of our vendors when i was asking about like what else do we have in the world besides baltic birch and they brought up this stuff and it took about still a month to get it it seemed and we've been trying to get in different thicknesses, but it came in the kind of 18 mil variety at this point, which is pretty commonly used, but we wanted it in like a 12 and it seems that everybody else in the world wants it at the same time. So 
anything they didn't have anything else in stock and apparently it's just like backlogged now because there's trucker strikes in spain as well i guess yeah so you got enough to keep you out of trouble we're testing with it so i only got a few sheets so it's probably a mistake Ooh, yeah okay. i don't know have we'll you see. cut poplar before i find it quite challenging to get a clean edge i've cut solid well show you they did show me some samples hmm. but it's it's very blonde yeah yeah brighter but i was impressed by the core seems pretty solid i you know everything else always then baltic always seems pretty rough and at least here anyway kind of soft and it's probably going to be tough to cut i'm sure we keep joking about the glory days of baltic birch and how <laughs> now we're just going to be completely ruined by everything else we yeah. try and use oh totally yeah nothing will ever be so flat and stable <laughs> I haven't done much with Poplar Ply. There's a distributor here that does a product called E-Ply, I think, which is like a soy glue zero formaldehyde. Really nice product. And I've only cut a few samples that I find. Like as you drop down each second veneer, it's really hard not to get sort of like quite Ooh. big tear out on whichever way it is. And I found new super sharp carbide was kind of the only way to go with it if you had a dull cutter you couldn't couldn't get away with it it's funny you say that they did like a a chamfer you probably can't tell from there but it it tore out on the end grain yeah on the top layer that's not encouraging (laughs) no and then we we found like can't remember we must have done a job in it because we Hmm. had enough experience with edge sanding and stuff we found like we'd almost have to cut it a millimeter oversize so you could edge sand it so much to get like a nice clean edge i'm probably scaring you now well i don't know strangely enough like multiple vendors have like had baltic birch in stock and enough to get us by and it's been affordable like somewhat affordable lately so i don't i don't know i don't know if i've been getting like swindled into thinking it's worse than it is but Mm. who knows anyway that that was one notable how about, how about you? What's your, well, your day is just starting. So what are you going to do today? <laughs> we have got our workshop lean day today. So once a month, we technically, it doesn't happen every month, but technically once a month we down tools and spend a full, all staff spend an all, like a full day just on workshop improvement, business improvement tasks. Yeah. It's typically a pretty fun day because everyone's got ideas about what they want to improve so like we wrote a bit of a list yesterday so the sort of dispatch packing area is going to be rejigs with the shipping computer you get moved and some new storage and stuff like that and yeah there's a whole list of things of things bits and pieces that people things that have been bugging people over the last well we haven't we probably missed the last two months because every day that it's fallen we've been like in the heat of production and have had to just kind of carry on a bit, little bit slower in production at the moment, as I mentioned last week, and so we've got time to do that today, as we call it. Well, that'll be good. I love that idea. I mean, <laughs> I laugh thinking about what we do. Is it's I'm always for kind of the fix it in when you can kind of thing. Like, don't uh, yeah. wait necessarily, Absolutely. but like the idea of making it a whole dedicated day because typically it's usually the days after Christmas to New Year's. It's kind of a weird dead zone. I don't know if it's the same like. Nobody really works one of two days that week. We'll take just build whatever you want day. So it's not really mm. the same, but that's about as close as we get to like a dedicated day for a lean day. But I like that idea a lot. Yeah. 
it's it's the one it's the version of this that we've settled on so we've tried lots of different things over the years like we used to try and do it like fast cap style with like every morning we'd do it for half an hour and clean and you know do like forgotten all my lean terms it's been a while <laughs> since i've watched any of those videos <laughs> but like fix what kaizen. fix what bugs you kaizen like every morning but it was just the 30 minute window was great for those little things but it was never enough to do the sort of bigger picture projects of cool the offcut storage is terrible we need to just like pull all of that out and like rethink it and that that's a full day project and so by scheduling it once a month, we found we could actually make good progress on those bigger picture things. I really like, yeah, I mean, not to go too deep on that, but I like the idea that then it gives, because even for myself, I always feel like I can't take enough time off from what I'm doing to like fix those things, even though it's pretty critical. And I, I'm, mm. ass- I'm assuming for the people here too, it'd be like, oh, I've been waiting to fix that. Now I've got that day that's okay mm. to do rather than like, oh, we're not getting the other stuff done. I think we'll definitely yeah. try that. Good. So yeah, that's the state. Other than that, I've got a bunch of things I need need to get done around that in terms of just pushing jobs flowing. I'm feeling like a bit of a bottleneck this week. We've been quoting so hard over the last month and those jobs are starting to convert. And so now as those jobs convert, it means there's a lot of information in my head that needs to be extracted and tasks that need to be delegated and drawings that need to be done and so i was a little bit stressed yesterday actually as you know as we were winning work i was like oh there's a lot suddenly there's a lot to do and it's yeah a lot of it's on my list right now kind of connects to what we were talking about last time of almost all of that that's custom work ends up being let's say commitments that you've made to the client that maybe aren't even notated outside the person that's quoting's head sometimes and it's like oh we need to go get this done and maybe one of the team will be like oh great let me jump into that and you're like you can't you know you can't Mm. yet because it's all stuck in my head and you're like why do i do this to myself but (laughs) you jumped into the next thing you know before you got it out so you can get another thing done thinking you had time Mm. yeah exactly and that's that's what we're trying to solve one of the things we're really actively trying to solve in the business at the moment is that handover process. So I've been really loving Descript since you introduced me to it a couple of weeks ago. Screen screen capture software. Because I've been we've been using screen capture bill for a while now, but I just love that Descript shortcut and it's immediately recording my screen. And I can send someone a link. So our current practice is, you know, is if I'm the designer or I've detailed a project, then before it goes to the machinist, John. I have to do a handover video in Fusion, you know, picking it apart, talking through, yeah, we need six of these parts and Hmm. yeah, make sure you do like a reverse thread on this part because that's different and blah, 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 talking through the project and any of that stuff, like you just mentioned of like little tricks or things I might've committed to the client, that video then goes to John. And then what we're trying to sort of next step is like, cool, all right, so John machines the parts and then parts go to someone to process them. Like, do they watch the same video? But that was kind of more about machining. How do we do like a video that sort of captures any heaps of time? But it does reduce those questions of like, instead of John coming to ask me questions about the job and then Andy coming to ask me questions about the job and like me always being no, it's like sort of publish that information out of my head and then mm-hmm. the job can flow through the system seamlessly. But yeah, work in progress, like everything. I have 
two questions about that. I think I picked that up from the fast cap ideas of just recording a video and Saunders talks about that too, like to record mm-hmm. something it's easier. Usually the weird couple things I find about it. Where do you put the videos? First of all, like where do you host them? Do you the have script. a solution? Well, no, I've just like used the script or mm-hmm. other services like that where it's just like, oh, it gets pinged up to the cloud with a unique URL and we can just share that URL. Okay. They're yeah. probably disappearing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long they last, but they last long enough. Yeah. It's one of the weird things of, uh, you probably would relate, jumping around from software to software trying to find solutions to mm. things, is we finally landed on for the most part, keeping all of our knowledge in this, it's a help desk ticketing software called Fresh Desk. And I've used ah, it for yes. a long time for just basically the, the initial point was I need to be able to handle people that contact me about NAC products. And, you know, I have a problem and it would just be stuck in my email. And even though it was just me, I found that difficult to track different customers and what they needed. And you couldn't, you know, I just wasn't good at organizing. So it also allows you to do FAQs. And that can be public or internal. And so what we did with the CNC stuff is we made a giant internal category and then has subcategories in that so that you can store that stuff. So it's great, except for things like this, where it's like, okay, well, where do I put this video? And I think the only thing I've come to is to put it on YouTube in some fashion and make Mm -hmm. it either unlisted if it's not super secret, which we don't really have much of that. And then you can link that in. But that's kind of the best thing we've come up with at this point is kind of using a technique uh, air table where everything's kind of hidden in one or not like dumped into one place and then you you can search it pretty well oh yeah i've been meaning to ask you about fresh desk because i feel like that's something that's lacking in terms of our software stack um <laughs> sorry if anyone came here for cnc talk it's just going to be software <laughs> like it's a software <laughs> what, what apps are we using today <laughs> well, i got i got told off at the start of the week for spending an hour rebuilding my to-do list in in Airtable because I got sick of Figma. There you go. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful when you showed me. I was like, that's great. You know, if it, <laughs> if it thanks, makes you thanks. feel better about getting your work done and it actually does something, then work on it, you know? That's right. Well, I'd love to pick your brain on Freshdesk further, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a perfect solution. What's crazy about it is I've only used the free versions of it since like 2012, maybe. And yeah. they have a really good free tier where you can have, they call the people on your team like agents, like you're mm-hmm. like the, an agent and you can have as many as you want on the free tier. You can use emailing with customers. What I like in particular, one of the things else uh, on the list today was managing email and that just being such a big part of, I don't know, a lot of contemporary businesses, even what we do, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's communicating with clients, vendors, all those things happen that way now. It's the best way to track it. So I've wanted Freshdesk to be both our to kind of the all-in-one solution, but really it's only an outward-facing thing with, with like clients in particular. But it does work sure. pretty well because we get one email. It's like, you know, company at company.com. Mm-hmm. And everything that goes in and out gets filtered by their system to tickets. So mm-hmm. that like, you know, customer 
A is mm. ticket twelve sixty, and whenever they email, it goes in the same place, and everybody that can see that category of like customer service can respond to it. You can also ex- respond externally from like your normal email app if you're an agent, and that goes into the ticket too, which is kind of nice. Wow, I, I, I'm basically salivating at this point. <laughs> Sounds amazing. You can make internal notes on that, you know, thing. And then I think what's really awesome about it, which is pretty hidden, is you can do what are called canned responses. So anytime we need to send a deposit form for a job, I have a thing that pops that in, uh, you know, everything they need to know about how to pay the deposit, what's it, yeah. how that works, yep. uh, as well as then you can also do any of the articles the faq articles can be dropped into the email as well so Mm, cool yeah it's fun it's fun is the bad word for it it's very helpful sounds great i'll check it out yeah that sounds a little bit like what's next on our Airtable development list which i was chatting so jay works on all our Airtable stuff here and the next big ticket item that we're working on is quoting which we're already doing in Airtable, but then quoting output, like actually click of a button and the customer gets like a rich text email with like material swatches and like all that information on how to pay and like quotes are often itemized with different material options, different price breaks. And so like the the dream is that the customer can get this rich email and go, oh yeah, no, I just want option A and C please and (coughs) disregard option B and hit submit. And then that hmm. pings back into our Airtable base and rebuilds the quote and mm. generates a, an invoice. And it's a huge amount of work, but I'm very excited about that at the moment. But I have to remember that we don't have to build everything from scratch and do that. As, as we continue down app talk, the thing I stumbled into <laughs> a while back is called Quotient. And there's a few of these out there, but it, it does a little bit of this. It does nothing for you, per se. It, you have to enter all the stuff in. It's not like generating time, you know, estimates sure, or material sure. estimates, but it saves everything. You have templates and you can quickly send like optionable quotes, right? So they're something cool. you can have images. The funny thing in the last week that I've thought about I sent you that lady on TikTok <laughs> saying, well, if you, mm. you know, if you were paid a thousand dollars an hour, what would you do with your time? Right. As like a business owner. And, you know, it kind of hit me like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of stupid stuff that I shouldn't be doing. One of which is quoting. I hate quoting. Mm. It's such a time suck. Right. Because half the time, yeah. maybe you don't win the job. The other time. It just feels like in some fashion, it could be more automated. And I'm thinking like the thought came to me, why do we spend any time on quoting anymore? Like there's there's AI software, right? And it's just Mm -hmm. not at the level where our size of companies can afford it or have access to that thing in a certain sense in a lot of ways, I feel like. You're talking about the sort of zometry model where it's upload files and that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think for straight CNC machining jobs, that feels almost within our grasp doesn't that like or it should be yeah yeah have you heard of paperless parts they kind of do that but they don't do any nesting i've gone back and forth with them a few (laughs) times with like even their ceo on a call one time and they kept promising me that they'd be able to do nesting and then they'd be like oh yeah i guess we can't do it (laughs) so that's for the more traditional machining like job shop yeah single part, one single part yeah. but yeah, it's yeah. brilliant for that like cool i've seen friends use it i've 
played with a little myself. And if <laughs> it's tempting, even even though most of our jobs go into a nested setup, you know, mm. <laughs> so it doesn't really work. But yeah, I keep thinking if I was trying to tell you, right, other people to help quote or even spend my own time, that feels like one of the biggest time sucks that obviously is necessary, but that I would love to see some big improvements there, especially in a software sense. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to build in Airtable is not not automate it, but like de-skill quoting simple jobs to a point where anyone on the team can just, you know, get the length, the number of parts off a sheet layout, and then pretty much plug that into Airtable with drop-down mm. menus and material selections. And Interesting. Instead of, you know... Aaron and I sort of thinking about, oh, what feed rate will this be based on that material and that thickness and go, mm, you know, plug in a feed rate number and go, no, that cycle time doesn't feel right based on our experience. Cool. Yeah. Fiddle, fiddle, fiddle. Like, yeah, still way too manual for what it is. As you say, it should, should be automated. That, yeah. that simple machining quoting for sure. Speaking of nesting, what do you, are you in Fusion for your nesting? Yeah. What are you doing? For the most part, it's... The longest time I used Rhino Cam, and then when they started to come oh, really? out with, yeah. it's pretty decent. Um, I've heard good things. It's one of those like buy it outright kind of things, and yeah. I used that for a long time. And unfortunately, I don't know, trying to consolidate workflows when Fusion came out with because all like ninety eight percent of our Cam happens in Fusion. There's some weird thing that we can't do. We use VCarve for where typically oh, it's like. It? In- v-carve engraving so, yeah yes exactly yeah <laughs> I, I thought you were saying what is v-carve no but no yep yep that's it engraving yeah. and it's really good for i don't know if you've used it all for like just sheet processing if you have like just simple 2d parts it's like you can layerize yeah. by like internal yeah. external parts and it just like plops out g-code that's yeah you know quick but yeah it's all all fusion i'm actually in the little insider program so i've been helping them develop it for since they started with it i guess and you're one of those people (laughs) well you can blame me for part of it i guess i knew Uh, you had affiliate links with fusion with autodesk yes i guess yeah i've been i've been trying to make it as good as it can be i cool well we know who to blame now and I think it's very complicated to solve in the sense that it's always trying to process this huge timeline of things into parts. And, mm. and you know, you got the timeline in the design space, and then it's trying to filter all that into a nested solution in a different space. And I don't love how the UI works. I find it to be a little bit overpriced for what it is in terms of the nesting extension. And it's just a little tough to use, honestly. I think I get a lot of comments like that, too, because I've done some videos on it and people are looking for answers. And I'm like, I don't know how to tell you how to do it very much better, (laughs) honestly. It's so much better than it was 12 months ago, even. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's improving. It's they're constantly working on improving it. Yeah. And that's what I've loved about Fusion from the start. It's just like whilst they're the weekly or whatever they are updates you gotta restart <laughs> fusion and, and be irritating it's i just love how actively it's being developed it's like cool like 
every time there's a bug, or so yeah, it ties into my love affair with continuous improvement. I was like, this is a software package that's being continuously improved. It's not like a once a year, once every few years. Yeah. 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 I, I'll give them that too. Like the nesting fabrication nesting team I've been working with, it's they're very responsive to not just me, but others too. I just mm. talked to a few of them. They're very responsive about this doesn't work right. It should work differently. And they'll definitely listen to that. And, you know, a decent amount of my comments have made it into real things, which I appreciate for cool. myself, at least. Yeah, I think I think it's going to turn into something really good there. It's it's still new and they're trying to translate a different software package into Fusion, as most things are have always happened, right? It comes some, from somewhere else and they're trying to like yeah. make it work yeah. as best it can inside this app. So, yeah, it's... I. We often use, if you're asking the specific tool, we use a range most often. And that kind of like what you see is what you get kind of version of nesting. And I've been slowly training people here on how to use the more advanced manufacturing, advanced nesting. It's that's the one I think is the least fusion centric, right? It's I always describe it as it feels like you're trying to nest inside of a spreadsheet. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's very like type stuff in and make sure it's the right way and then you get to see it kind of one sheet at a time. So, but it How is so you? powerful though for large. Yeah, we're there too. So John, we've just got one advanced manufacturing license for the nesting, and John and I just ping other as required. It's pretty much always out with John on the machine, but I pull it back when I need it for quoting because mm-hmm. I find it really powerful for quoting big jobs. Like I love being quoted a job recently it's about 90 sheets of baltic birch don't know where they're getting that from and <laughs> it was great to be able to you know quick it t- takes a little bit of time to set up but then it nests you know hundreds and if not thousands of parts so quickly and being able to go back to the customer and say oh actually you know that that 90 sheet estimate that you had it's actually like 75 like being able to save a, ourselves or a customer like huge amount of material has been my experience with it. I had a friend reach out recently asking me about the pro nesting. He's a Fusion user, but hasn't invested in the extensions. It was kind of umming and ahhing and because they dropped map boards, no longer works with the new Fusion update. Oh, I didn't so know that. that. That That's put a lot of the, the small operations, I think that's put them in a tricky spot where they, they've only got a range, like single sheet arranged now. Anyway, he was asking about you know, whether it's worth the money. And I was like, to me, yes, obviously it's going to be different for everyone. But I think about like how much time you might spend per year manually pushing parts around and trying to like optimize sheets versus just having that instant yeah. generation. And so for me, it's a no brainer, but yeah, understand that it is, you know, a significant expense to a small business. Um, yeah. It's, it's a decent amount. Well, I th- yeah. The, I mean, you can get the range for the commercial license. You just can't control much. The thing I you've probably explored this when you're in the I don't know what to call it better than in the manufacturing version of nesting the once you do an actual nest you can right click on the node and do compare mm, and it'll generate that. this like thing part of the problem it's very hidden you can click on the node and you'll get a pop up that shows you all the sheets at once which i find oh, really? really useful to screenshot and then drop into like my internal notes for quotes totally i haven't seen that it's cool. really useful there's also one i think it may be report where you can get like that. the entire yeah. nest and if you save that out you can say see like which parts didn't make it on the sheets 
what's the efficiency and you know if you got your pricing in there it's brilliant right you can see mm. here's what actually what this material is going to cost and what these each part could cost so i think it's really powerful a lot of what i want to see is around the workflow of using it it the nesting is great itself the actual solutions are awesome that's right yeah that yeah comes back to the automation question i wonder if we'll get to a point where there's an api for it and we can have customer submitted files being nested in the cloud i know i don't know where they're at with it but i know api is high on the list of development for to use it in other places mm. so I, I don't i don't actually use it do you do that coding or is somebody on your team do that kind of stuff for you jay is i i can't code i can write g code <laughs> that's all because i have to for the pencil sharpener but no jay on our team is the coder yeah that's nice yeah I, I've always wished I could. It's a skill I'd like, but uh, yeah, I've never gone there. I fiddled with Arduinos and I can copy and paste and kind of work out, you know, a little bit, but that's about it. I really, that's what's one of my, like, I kind of skipped it the last two years because I was, I think, too stressed with the pandemic stuff, but I usually try and do some version of an annual theme of goals. And I've really wanted to learn Python for a while. And I have done nothing on that so far this year. But even if it's just something, I think it's, I always find it valuable to keep learning new things like that. So I, there's a lot you could do with it, potentially, even with the current Fusion API, for one example. Yeah, cool. I mean, yeah, learning new things is pretty much the reason I'm still here, I think. Yeah, yeah. such an important part of running a business, being a creative of any form, I think. I don't know. It's intrinsic to making stuff and learning new things. Sure, yeah. Keeps your mind fresh. Yeah, I think I think we both relate to that. Like, I find in interviewing people for to work here, I find that being able to communicate with them about problem solving, and you can't really mm. necessarily solve that in an interview, but being able to just communicate well right away is pretty crucial because of how much we end up talking about solving problems here. If it's not easy to converse, if there's some type or need to be right or something like that it's pretty much an automatic you know like it's not going to work out because we talk through everything when there's a problem and it you need some conflict in that too but you got to be able to get past ego yeah healthy friction yeah 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 friction can be beneficial if it's yeah if it's stripped of ego and it's yeah plays into that problem solving thing have you, are you familiar with the Netflix culture deck? No. That document? No, I just have saw there. Yeah, yeah. Link, or we'll pop it in the show notes, but it's a super interesting, it's basically, it's out of date now, but it's a version of Netflix's HR document, cultural document. And the woman that co-wrote it is Patty McCord. And it's a really interesting document for any anyone in business to sort of skim through. Like if you're, I think, you know, if you employ people, I think it's super relevant, super interesting. What's the book um, called? I've it's got a subtitle. Powerful. Mm. There's a subtitle, which I can't oh, remember, but yeah, interesting. basically that's the title of the book. I was reading another one, uh, I think from her, that's like yeah, okay. really notable. I don't remember the name, but anyway. No, I haven't seen that. It's What was what was your thoughts on that other than that was an inter- interesting thing in itself or like is this a problem you're dealing with or it really <laughs> it relate, <laughs> you not want it to relates, talk about it <laughs> no no especially because something that came up so i don't think i've talked about this but i do business coaching like i hmm. 
I'm in a program at the moment, have been for about five months, getting help with business coaching stuff. Anyway, I was in a session on Monday night and they were drumming into into us again, like the this thing they say where like the standard you walk past is a standard you accept. So if someone's mm. two minutes late and you don't talk, don't mention it, and it just becomes the new standard that everyone's two minutes late or that person is two minutes late. And I was just looking really torn on the Zoom call, I think. And we got into this discussion about like, yes, I, I totally understand that. And while it really bugs me when someone's two minutes late, I also have a team who's incredibly loyal and dedicated and will stay back at the end of the day and just mm-hmm. get it done. And so my fear is like, if you play hardball and go, hey, you're two minutes late, and it gets to the end of the day and they're like, oh, hey, it's 4.25, see you later. It's like, it goes both ways. So I find that a really challenging area to think about and I don't really know where I stand other than that this Netflix culture deck is a really interesting resource around that because they have like these crazy policies around like leave, like they don't have a leave policy, like people just take time off whenever they, you know, with approval, but Mm -hmm. they take time off when they need to. It's kind of you spend the company's money when you need to. Everyone's kind of got that responsibility to do great work and serve the company as best they can. But they're not sort of being held to, you know, really strict HR policies. I love that idea. And yeah, it's an interesting sort of thing to wrap my head around. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Patty McCord, if that's the same person I'm thinking of, kind of, well, wrote the book right on on some of the stuff and i i didn't make it through the whole thing yet but did find a lot of good and just part of what i've always wanted from our company is i want to trust everybody here like they're adults and they can make decisions that are right for them and the company right that i'm not going to sit there and make sure that they're here on time in a certain sense i think it probably like you're saying it's the standard you walk past I unfortunately end up being late or I don't have a good sense of time, honestly. Uh, (laughs) This is a bad excuse, but I just don't. So I don't also believe that I'm going to sit there and like, like there's traffic. There's, I couldn't get up. You know, I was tired this morning. I didn't feel, feel very good. And I would rather have that discussion than, you know, make sure that somebody's here at nine every day because Mm. I think it's way more humanizing. It's way more like I want to have that mutual respect that I can say I felt like shit this morning, so I didn't get here, you know, and that like you're saying at the end of the day, nobody's ever walking out because they've got to get out, you know, like those people don't stick around. They don't want to be a part of the same thing. It's like I'm going to stay and help the same as the next person. I just believe flexibility is really important and it's pretty uncommon at least here in the states to have flexibility in manufacturing jobs it's very like you're here for a shift right like Mm. you don't get a leave you don't have doctors but you know it's it's very locked down and i guess probably from being outside of that coming from outside of that you know as education wise i just don't subscribe to that it's not healthy yeah well i suppose if you've come from the sort of architecture (laughs) (laughs) there's 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 other unhealthy work habits i'm sure i've had it yeah now you go no i was gonna say uh, you're absolutely right like i don't eat lunch typically and i've had you know team members mimic me and i'm like you need to eat do what you need to do because i am not healthy to follow in some of these things like i'll just sit here and work all day what were you gonna say yeah 
we had a a young guy years actually and he was at architecture school during some of that time and just and we've had other staff previously who've been through architecture and just yeah i'm amazed slash slightly shocked at the sort of the culture and the work ethic that comes out of that it sounds healthy at times it's a bit like a sort of a guild you know it's got that sort of archaic guild like yeah. sense of like these are the systems you will ad- adhere to and you will mm-hmm. work all night if you have to like yeah, yeah i don't know if it's changed honestly i haven't been too mm. tied in because our school is in the middle of the states right and we live on the west coast if you stay around your school, usually you can be a part of it, right? You can do reviews. And I do miss that a lot. I haven't really gotten, you know, I enjoy that scholarly kind of refresher and keeping abreast of what's going on. But it, there was a pretty active movement when we were in school even to kind of try to squash down. Honestly, a lot of it was kind of the old regard of the educators pushing like, you know, way too much expectation on like what you need to get accomplished in a week or something like that. So mm-hmm. you end up staying up all night and anyway, not really what you're here to talk about, but yeah, it's definitely unhealthy and it took a few years to kind of unwrap, especially since my wife and I both came from it. It was like <laughs> almost like a codependency with an education. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested in your business coaching. You are both receiving and giving coaching or is it one way or the other? No, just receiving. And it's something I was re- recommended from a fellow maker last year who was doing it and yeah, started that program. And it's been really good. It means my brain is just like always in overload bandwidth, totally maxed out because I'm trying to do my job, trying to run the business, but also trying to think about all this high level stuff all the time of like, there are a million things I need to improve in the business. <laughs> So I just like, I've really noticed that in the last sort of, since I started really, uh, there's just not much, any brain space left. Like I've mm-hmm. got home, home kids in one segment and then work coaching business improvement in this other segment. And it's like, there's nothing else. Like <laughs> I've got no more capacity. Yeah. I don't, I, every small business owner friend that I have says the same thing and I I don't know how to do it differently, but I have the same. It's yeah. You always, you always ask me, especially because we're so different in time. You're like, remember when we were getting to know each other. It's, do you always, are you always online? Are you always working? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, I hope not, but probably, you know, and some of it's like, <laughs> I just don't sign out of Slack ever. Yeah, so it's just there. No, I would love to figure that whatever that thing is out too, because I have that same thing yesterday. But what is it about Tuesday slash Wednesday, I guess, where I was just, overwhelmed yesterday as well and luckily i was chatting with ricky on our team and he he's a good listener and he basically it was just kind of repeated to me what i said and i was like oh yeah i can solve those problems <laughs> you know like <laughs> it, it was all too many too many problems to solve at once and i don't know hire more good people i think is probably the best solution if you can afford it <laughs> absolutely yeah build a great team help you spread those problems out Yeah, definitely. One of the things I definitely wanted to hit because I've been waiting on it for three months and it's going to be a a game changer is we got a new air compressor that's not hooked Mm. up yet. Definitely exciting. And I I, like I've been joking with people. It's like I didn't know I could be this excited about compressed air, but apparently I can. What are you upgrading from? Basically a big box store 
a brand called Cobalt from Lowe's. I bought it when I bought the router. Basically, it's like, what's a 60 gallon compressor that's not over X amount of dollars? And I think it's 500 bucks. And I got the extended warranty because I was like, it's going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gone hard since 2017 just with the nice. one machine. I didn't realize slash didn't put enough effort into paying attention to this kind of thing because it was just like not the important machine in my head then. But I didn't do oil changes on it for like the first year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't know. (laughs) As we were waiting for this to get here, we ordered it the end of January. It was supposed to be two weeks. And somehow that turned into almost three months. And the whole time, the, the, the big change happened because we got this YCM mill. It doesn't continuously need air like the router does, but you blow off the coolant off the you know the parts a handful of things mostly air air blast really sucks air and it was just destroying the old cobalt like it would just run constantly mm. and to one point it it's in this back room it was setting off the smoke alarms because <laughs> it was running so hard and we're like what are we gonna do here this is terrible so yeah, that was kind of the, the trigger point for me once we finally got both machines going was there needs to be a change here Oh, so that looks like a proper screw compressor with a dryer all in one, is it? Yeah, for sure. It's really awesome upgrade for us anyway. I'm sure there's crazier out there, but it's a Kaiser Air Tower 7.5C and it can do 28 CFM kind of continuously, but it's also super variable, which I loved. And a lot of them you have to hit, I'm no expert on this, but a certain, what do they call it, duty cycle, right? So a certain amount of time on, certain amount of time off. And yeah. supposedly, according to the rep I've been talking to, they don't care. This Kaiser machine can run as little or as much as you want it to, and it's right. fine, I guess. Cool. They're expensive, but I just saw it as a good insurance policy of this one kind of lifeblood. And unlike my understanding of the Cobalt when I first bought it, now I'm super tuned into how important this is for us, especially that it's dry. We don't have a dryer either. Yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome. My friend Nick of P3D in Florida had just gotten one. He talked me basically into getting it because it was such a seems like such a good deal because they're really compact too. It's like kind of upright versus a horizontal, and we just don't have a ton of space. It's quiet. I don't know. It's it fits a lot of it checks a lot of boxes, right? I'm excited to get it wired up in the next couple of days. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to need something similar in maybe a year's time over the next year. We're still running our original compressor from probably 2007. Whoa, nice. Piston, a big, you know, an industrial sized compressor, but an old piston unit and same thing. We didn't service it properly for the park in the first eight years before we, before we became a company. We just didn't know yeah. that we yeah. had to. Same. And then we became a com- company and we had like more stringent work, work safe insurance requirements. So we're like, oh yeah, the compressor has to be serviced every six months. So like, oh, oh really? Okay. But yeah, that's sitting outside at the moment and it's, it's aging since we moved to the new workshop three years ago, it's aging much more rapidly, tin shed. But we've got an air dryer inside and yeah. Anyway, the reason I know it's probably up for replacement is because every year or maybe every two years, someone comes and scans the tank for, they do like a, Ooh. a ultrasound on it and they Whoa. measure 
they measure the thickness of the air receiver to see how much it's corroded and how much steel's left before it. And so the guy that came last week was like, yeah, it's, it's dropping off more quickly now. I think, you know, you've maybe got another year in the tank before it won't meet standard. Whoa. That's crazy. That must, so that's like some form of like worker safety, you said, like a yeah. relation. That's tied, tied to the safety insurance. Yeah. Oh, the safety standards are better where you live, I think. <laughs> I think they're a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit better. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Like, yeah, nothing like that, that I'm aware of, but maybe I just don't know, like changing oil and air compressors. You're supposed to do that, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, cool. pretty, pretty stoked about that. It, you know, I think it'll get started and we probably won't think about it right after That's a it. couple of months, but I, I would walk, I don't know, you probably have this experience. Uh, we used to have another couple of people on staff and somebody would be running the mill, right? Somebody would be running the router. And then, you know, the router's constantly dumping five CFM to cool the spindle and I just noticed I was like, man, that air compressor is just running a lot. And I go back there. It is just scalding hot. Like, <laughs> and ever since then, ever when both those machines were running, I'd just be in this like semi panic mode of like, when's it going to die? Like it's going to die. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good move. So waiting on electrical. Yeah. Supposedly Tuesday. Excited about that to get going. Supposedly it's pretty quiet, which I'm excited about because our other one is just like, like a crazy runaway truck, you know? Oh, yeah. You won't know yourself with a proper screw compressor. Yeah. Amazing. yeah. <laughs> Salesperson said it was similar to a washing machine and also compared it to our Prusa 3D printer. And I was like, I don't know if that's accurate, but I'm sure it's quiet. <laughs> yep. Cool. Anything you're looking forward to in the next week? Next week. Long weekend here with the Easter long weekend about to hit. As a small business owner, I always forget about public holidays and they creep up on me and I go, oh, oh. <laughs> I do the nah, same but... thing. And my <laughs> wife is always like, how do you not know it's this day? And I'm like, I, I got to work easier than normal. There was less traffic. And then I noticed it was weird. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things, actually, if I can wrangle it, is coming to work on a public holiday and getting the workshop to myself. <laughs> same here. <laughs> it's a beautiful feeling. The phone doesn't ring. It's fantastic. Ah, great. No, what's yeah, no, next week will be good. We've got a bunch of material arriving on Tuesday, hopefully to rip into some of these bigger jobs that are starting to land. Yeah, get production flowing. Yeah. What about you? Sounds good. What's on? Um, getting the Kaiser going. Great. Got to run. Oh, my update. My last update, I guess. I got the stupid YCM to work off oh, the CF yeah. card, which is Fantastic. like, I literally, I don't, I don't usually run into the shop screaming with excitement too often, but it had been months of like trying to figure this stupid problem out and basically came down to, I used the actual CNC machine in like a safe mode reboot to format the card itself. Great. Not in the computer. It had to like happen inside itself in a safe mode. And I did that before and it didn't work for some reason, just one time it worked. And um, this is like Does one of those mean... things that's just like doesn't exist on the internet. Like you cannot find tips to how to do this. Somebody on our in the machinist discord was finally like, you should try the safe mode reboot. And it was like an Indian post, I think like of the country of India. And I don't know if I had to translate it or what, but there was like one small section that was like, try and do these steps on a FANUC machine, not even like my type of machine. And it worked. And I was like, Okay, awesome. 
So awesome. I got to run some parts on that thing now. Game on, mate. Full 3D adaptives and finishing <laughs> strategies coming right up, right? Megabytes of code anytime yeah. I want. Go get it. Awesome. Yeah. I look forward to seeing some shiny aluminium parts. Yeah. I think I'm cutting brass, actually, which is kind of fun. I haven't done that yet. Cool. Yeah. That's my excitement, and hopefully it goes well. I'm sure I'll post something about it. Look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Great to chat, as always. Yeah. <laughs>